politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, global citizens, to the one and only CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house today. Another chance to fight for the life, liberty, and property of other people's countries and cultures and sovereignty, but not our own. Our own, I mean. This is Daniel Horowitz back in the house today, Monday, the last day in February. Incidentally, that was the date that our own government attacked Waco, if you remember that. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, Folks, you need to understand, there is nothing real that is going on. Everything is fake. Everything is a lie. It's ironic that we stand here today almost two years after the panic porn from Lombardi that catalyzed the greatest civilization change, the greatest destruction of democracy, of liberty, of human rights, of medical freedom that led to the loss of so many lives due to a lack of treatment, due to a lack of liberty, psychosis. And here we come full circle where we, we, we became like that because we had to talk about the issue they wanted to talk about it, the way they wanted to talk about it, and when they wanted to talk about it. Now, we actually want to continue talking about that issue because the phony conservative media and conservative politicians sold us out two years ago. We're still in this predicament, and we have to rectify it. We have to rectify the medical freedom problems. We have to get to the bottom of the source of COVID. All sorts of information is coming out that this was a bioterrorism attack, the, the, the injections. We're going to have a doctor on later today, Dr. Henson, to talk about some of the people he's treating for these injuries. And now we're told the new hotness is Ukraine. And if you don't talk about it, if you don't emotionally indulge it to the gates of hell, you're somehow for Putin. You're a Nazi. Remember, if you don't do what we say, you're killing grandma. It's the same binary nonsense that led to the last two years Are we going to make the same mistake? Are we going to learn from those lessons? These phony conservative commentators and Republican politicians remind me of a drunkard who gets up from the the hangover and they swear they're never going to do it again. They fell into the COVID trap. They fell into the January 6th narrative. They fell into the BLM narrative. And then now they promise they never do it again. And within a week, they fall for it hook, line, and sinker. I don't know what is going on, but we're going to explain how it doesn't make any sense what is going on in Ukraine. What is going on more outside of Ukraine is is what doesn't make sense. The world's reaction to it that's so contradictory and bizarre. Where is it headed? I don't know. But what I do know is we have an invasion at our border that is a hundred times more important, and we're going to keep focusing on that. We have bioterrorism in the medical field. We're going to keep focusing on that. And the way you rectify that, at least as of now, is, is fighting in the primaries. We have tomorrow night, the Texas gubernatorial primary. We need to fight for these candidates. That's what we can do. We do what we can do. So we're going to unpack all of this today. Our first sponsor, Better Spectacles. Um, We don't just give you a 2020 vision on politics and policy on this show. We give you true 2020 vision. Go Specs Lenses from Rodenstock. They use advanced algorithms for more than a million patients, measuring 7,000 points in the eye, 
My wife and I have our own Specs lenses. If you want a pair, go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative. You don't even have to leave your home. You schedule a teleoptical appointment, and you can get it with again with this URL, betterspectacles.com slash conservative, an introductory 61% off their ghost specs lenses plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames. Doesn't get better than that. So visit betterspectacles.com slash conservative. Go now. Um, folks, this is the new COVID. Putin is the virus. Okay. Putin rushes the virus and endless, aimless, meaningless, in emotional indulgence of every lying story out of Ukraine is the new lockdown and then vaccine. And ironically, energy independence is the new ivermectin. It's the new early treatment. In other words, here's what doesn't matter. This is what just doesn't make sense. We have never seen a time in history where the entire world has so emotionally indulged one side of a conflict, but yet has done so little about it. If it's really true that Putin is Hitler and he's going to commit mass genocide, but at the same time somehow... He's actually weak and making a fool out of himself, is what we're told. And the Ukrainians are the strongest people in the history of the world. All these folk tales we're told. <laughs> the Snake Island story. There's like 10 of these stories that were you know, false and everyone fell for them. So then it should be pretty easy if the entire European continent is on the same page. It doesn't even take much sacrifice. England, Spain, France, Ireland, the Nordic countries... Um, Germany, Central European countries, each one donates a few troops and weapons. Go there, help them. No one's stopping you. Why aren't they doing that? And they're doing all these like cancel things to Russia, but not the real thing like stopping the oil. Why aren't they getting together with a conference with Biden and announcing a plan for energy independence? You see what I'm saying? Doesn't that kind of remind you of COVID, 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 we need to shut down our civilization, mental health, physical health, but we're not going to treat it. And actually, we're going to prevent people from treating COVID. COVID is the most important thing. If you don't do what we say, you're killing people, except we're not going to treat it. I'm just indulging that for a minute. If Russia is the most important thing at this moment, suddenly, nothing else is more important. Do their actions match the rhetoric? A lot of things are bizarre here. We've never seen Switzerland ever break its neutrality. And they're like, no, Russia. Okay, but what are you going to do about it? And then, I don't know about you, but this is the first time in my lifetime I've noticed the world powers ever going to bat for an almost exclusively white country. And the people, not the government, I mean, I don't know if the government is corrupt, but the people certainly aren't woke. Certainly aren't into multiculti, certainly aren't to the homosexual agenda, and actually have a very low vaccination rate. <laughs> and they're all into them. Something doesn't add up. But either way, this is the new era we're in. COVID, George Floyd, January 6th, where suddenly. Out of nowhere, there is this disproportionate, even if you think it's a problem, right? 
there, there's proportions. You could side with someone. You could think someone's bad. But such a degree of emotional indulgence of the news cycle that they'll literally whip the people up into this blood libel nuttiness. Like Republican politicians who would never, who would call me a Nazi for wanting to deport illegals, suddenly like they want to just grab every Russian in America and throw them out. I mean, they're, the story is they're vandalizing these places and, you know, certainly, you know, Russians living in America that have nothing to do with this. It's like, what? But they whip everyone up into a frenzy. Bill Cassidy, Republican senator from Louisiana, we're all Ukrainians now. Huh? We literally have bioterrorism. Millions of people injured from, from a weapon they refuse to investigate where it came from. And then the shots, which are a weapon. We have hospitals still killing people. We have border agents being threatened with assassination by the cartels. If we have time, we're going to get into some of what's going on at the border. It's utterly insane if you understand an invasion, a violation of sovereignty. And yet you can never get them to muster an ounce of passion for anything the media doesn't tell them to be passionate about. All these phony conservatives and these phony conservative talkers and all these Republican politicians, they spend their entire life bellyaching about the media, but then they refuse to focus on anything other than what the media tells them to focus on. It's not just the bias of the media. It's the media tells people what does and doesn't matter at a given time, and the conservative movement falls for it Hook, line, and sinker every single time without any circumspection. Again, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean Putin's not a bad guy. One thing we know for sure is he invaded. And we know there are real Ukrainian people that are having issues. But beyond that, nothing about the geopolitical events surrounding this and what's going on between the two governments and the global governments and NATO makes sense, nor do we know it. And if you think you do, you don't. I want you to take a listen to this statement from a, a Ukrainian uh, member of parliament, Kyra Rudik. There's a picture of her, like this little girl, you know, holding a Kalashnikov, you know, at, at her window. We're going to defend ourselves. So she did an interview with Fox News. Take a listen to what she said. Not only were we fighting for Ukraine, but for the new world order for the democratic countries. I mean, I'm not putting words in her mouth. This is what she said. What does that mean? Again, I don't think the people of Ukraine are into a new world order. There definitely are problems with the government. Let's not forget, this is the government that took down Trump. Ukraine gate is what interfered in our elections. And let's not forget, a lot of conservative talkers are having on guests to discuss this who bought into Russiagate. So none of these people have any credibility. They were wrong on COVID. They were wrong on Floyd and BLM. And they were wrong on, um, certainly wrong on January 6th. But that uninhibition, that blood libel that you allow the world, the social media, and it makes it that everyone has to put out a statement, even if you have nothing to do with it. You have governors that are all domestic policy, right? They're not senators. They have nothing to do with Ukraine. They won't deal with any of the emergent problems in their states. 
But they're banning vodka. Vodka on the shelves. What? What 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 are you What is going on here? What is going on? So what we're going to do is we're going to continue focusing on COVID, fascism. It's not over. You saw CDC? They only ended the mask. Every one of the vaccine mandates is still in place, and even the mask on the planes is still in place. I actually underestimated what they would do. Because Republicans don't care. Why should they do this? So it's not even like we haven't prevented this from happening again. We haven't rectified the liberty life issues, right? The ailment, the treatment problem that we have right now. I could focus your attention on anything and make you lose sleep over it and make you think that that's the biggest issue you need to worry about. If I would tell you the stuff we know that I can't even talk about, but some of it we're going to get into in the coming days about what's going on at the border. I mean, it would whip you up into a frenzy to ban everything Mexican in this country. Not that that's the point. But it's very scary, the ability they have I mean, you know you have like families and friends breaking up over COVID politics. Now it'll be over Ukraine. Like that's what they that's what they could do to people. It doesn't make any sense. Now, one thing that does make sense right off the bat is you need to take control over your own health. Just because the media doesn't talk about it doesn't mean it's not a problem. We need to you really need to boost your immune system, especially if you got the shots. That's why Dr. Vladimir Zelenko has formulated his Z-Stack. I take it every day. It's one pill that has four important uh, supplements, zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, vitamin D, at the right increments. Again, this is something to take prophylactically. Um, You know, it's GMP certified. It's pure. It's made right here in America. Go to ZStackLife.com slash Daniel. Enter promo code Daniel to get a small discount off your first order. That's ZStackLife.com slash Daniel, promo code Daniel. Daniel. Quincy Adams, John Quincy Adams said, contests of that European world will be contests of inveterate power. Once enlisting under other banners than our own would put us in wars of intrigue, of avarice, envy, and ambition. And thus we will go not abroad in search of monsters to destroy. He warned about that over 200 years ago. Stay away from European problems. But especially if these punks are not even doing anything about it when they feel Russia is on the ropes. That's what they're telling us, that the Ukrainians are beating them up. So, okay, go join them. Go join them. You could fight for life, liberty, and property there. Leave it to us here. But you know what? They're not stupid. Unlike the pathetic, vacuous, phony conservative movement that will drop everything that's important, drop the primaries, drop the border issue, the crime issue, the cultural issue, the COVID fascism issue, and everything that could be done about it and the momentum and the information coming out now. And they'll all like, I don't even know what they want to do. They're just virtue signaling over Ukraine. Do you think the left is exclusively focused on that? No, they're continuing every last thing they're doing domestically. They're continuing. It's all a distraction. But no, so, so again, as we, I'm going to do what I always do when there's something consuming a news cycle that I don't think 
should be the focus. And you got to wonder if it's a PSYOP. But I'm going to use it to learn lessons on the things that do matter and to continue to drive attention to what does matter. And there's a number of lessons I want to learn from this. Number one, number one, that I keep mentioning to you, a lot of you don't understand like, oh, Daniel, I know you don't like Republicans and I know they're not great, but there's got to be some benefit. It's better than the Democrats. At least if Republicans would be in charge, X and X, Y, Z wouldn't be happening. And what I'm telling you is what I, what I think people don't understand is the ones who control the world are not who's in who's in the majority leader seat in the Senate, House, judiciary. It's it's a much greater than that. Picture you have a hundred GOP senators. Picture Trump as president again. Okay. You're gonna have what just happened this week. They're going to come out with this sudden fury of the next hotness. You're a Nazi if you don't do this. You're going to allow people to die if you don't. Whatever it is, it could be a natural disaster. It could be a virus. It could be a geopolitical event. It could be an invasion. And you have to follow down their pre-planned path. Otherwise, you're a Nazi. Do you still think Republicans won't fall for it? You see what I mean? It happens on their watch. It happens more on their watch because when they have power, they're more concerned about their perception of what they're doing and not doing. This is why, you know, Trump gave this speech at CPAC and everyone's like, oh, it was awesome, awesome. And Trump knows how to tap into the rhetoric of where conservatives are at a given moment. The problem is this. Do you really have confidence in Trump based on everything he's done until now that whenever you have this frenzy and clamor that he has the discernment right away not to get sucked into that. No, just the opposite. He actually wants to excel at the media. If the media is doing ventilators, he'll do ventilators better than anyone. If the media is doing vaccines, he'll do warp speed. I'll do the greatest lockdown that saved thousands of people, millions of people, he says. It's the same thing. Oh, I'll, I'll lay, lay on the line for Ukraine more than anyone will. It takes discernment to understand what's going on and not discernment after it's too late and you already fell into the trap. Could we already could we be ahead of the curve for once? And again, it doesn't mean you're freaking pro-Putin. Just like it doesn't mean that if you didn't do the lockdown, the mask and their nonsense, you're pro the virus and want people to die from it. It's this complete uninhibition an emotional indulgence of a news cycle. But it's not just a news cycle that influences the actions of every single Republican. I don't care. I mean, social media is what it is. That's the way technology is now. We're in an era where they're just going to indulge like insanity with virtue signaling every last thing that ever happens. I'm a good person. But, but people who are supposed to be leaders have to have a di- di- discernment, prudence, perspicacity to look through all these factors, ask these questions, understand where is this coming from? Where is this headed? Okay? By the way, I, I just have a sneaking suspicion that if Putin would mandate Ukrainians cover their faces with Chinese diapers and inject their bodies with Pfizer poison, I just have a little bit of a sneaking suspicion the Ukrainian men would not take too kindly to it. Perhaps we can learn something from there after all. Yeah, I have no problem with the Ukrainian people. 
God bless them. But again, it makes no sense for us to dive head first after 20 years of failure. Let's have a little bit of circumspection. Let the Europeans go first. And if they're not, then what do they know that we don't know? What is their game here? I'm only half joking. If I wouldn't know any better, I'd think Putin's working for Pfizer. It's the perfect distraction. We now have the studies coming out all over the place, blowing the lid on everything. Reverse transcription into your DNA. It now does damage your DNA as we thought. There's another study with problems with the blood forming stem cells in the bone marrow triggered by the COVID vax. It causes vaccine-induced bone marrow suppression. We're going to have Dr. Jane Ruby on tomorrow to do a roundup of some of the latest stuff. But there's so many things going on. Matthew, Matthew Perna, one of the J6 defendants, Julie Kelly has a piece out of American Greatness. He just committed suicide. He did nothing but just walk into the building for 20 minutes and then left. By the way, they were let in by Capitol Police, and his life was crushed. Oh, we're fighting for freedom, democracy. Really? What about democracy in our own home? Our own home. There's so much to talk about. So much that's more important. Did you know that the feds just rescinded a license extension for a Florida nuclear power plant? This is from... WINK News in Florida, federal just from yesterday, federal officials have reversed the decision to allow a South Florida nuclear plant to continue running for another 30 years by ordering a new review of potential environmental risks, including those posed by climate change. So the same Biden administration that said, okay, we hate fossil fuels, but nuclear is the future, they're now shutting that down. Marco Rubio is, is like, he's going haywire over Ukraine. I didn't hear any of this over the border. I didn't hear any of this over COVID fascism. He can't help himself. I mean, he's just like wetting himself over Ukraine. Well, the ivermectin, the early treatment of the Putin issue, is energy independence. In your own state, they're shutting down a nuclear power plant. I haven't heard him talk about this. I haven't heard anyone talk about this. See what I'm saying? If they're going to emote, if Russia and Putin is the number one issue at the expense of everything else, at least deal with it properly. Same thing with COVID. If COVID is the number one issue, so treat it. No, they don't. They don't. It's all a double game. Something is not right. How they had all these fake stories of bravery prepared. Something is not right, and just remember, Ukraine gate. Okay, that was the other time Ukraine played a significant role in the news recently. Took down Trump's presidency. What is going... Again, I'm not saying it means the Ukrainian people are necessarily bad and Russia's good. They're certainly not. Just like the virus wasn't good, and in the end, it turned out I was the big hero of COVID. We were the big heroes, all of us, that actually worked on treatment. We were the ones who cared about it 10 times more than they did and still do. Again, we're going to have Dr. Henson on soon. He's going to talk about he's still treating people that are getting maltreatment from the hospitals. So this is all something we need to take into account. We all swear the media lies. And then at the most important junctures in history, 
we buy right into it. We, we fall right into the trap. Right into the trap. Let me transition to what is important, our own border. And let me tie the two issues together. This is from Just the News. Kudos to them for reporting this. Despite the southern border crisis, CBP agents asked to deploy to Europe for Ukraine conflict. For the second time this year, the Biden administration is seeking to divert CBP officers from the southern border to overseas conflict to help Ukraine. In a memo sent Thursday morning and obtained by Just the News, CBP's Office of Field Operations sought volunteer willing to deploy immediately to Poland for Operation Ukraine support. Okay, I, I don't think people could comprehend what is going on in our, at, at, at our border. We have 150 to 200,000 apprehensions a, a month. Half of them every month are being released into our country. It's become a magnet for the worst criminal activity. Drugs. Our, our ranchers have to live and work in fear at our, at our own border when we're trying to utilize our security and military apparatus for other people. And no one cares. We are on pace for roughly 700,000 illegals to be released into the country this year. You could not possibly quantify the crime, the cultural problems, the fiscal problems that that will induce and has induced. You cannot imagine how much control and surveillance the cartels have of both sides. They have more money than Russia has. You want to talk about brutality? If you, it, it, I, I, could, I could flood social media with stuff the cartels do, and that will suddenly become the, the number one issue. But we don't have control over the media. Do you know typically they only catch about, if you look at um, CBP data, so they have criminal categories of how many people they apprehended who had various criminal convictions on their records. Typically we catch two to three to four mur- convicted murderers at the border a year. Now, there's a lot more, but typically we catch about two to three to four. Last year we, ca- ca- we caught 60. 60. Okay? And remember, the, anyone who has a criminal record, so they don't want to surrender to the agents and get let go on the you know, freebie line because you know, presumably they think our government will still clamp down on them. Maybe they're right, maybe not. So they pay the cartels. Basically, they, they send over all these family units, and then while the agents are tied down, that's when strategically they bring in people like this. So when you ca- catch 60, that means there's thousands of these type of people that are successfully getting in. Otherwise, the cartels wouldn't be able to charge that much, right? They have to have a successful business model, okay? So when you look at the border and you see... 2 million illegals being caught at the border a year. What that means is qualitatively hundreds of thousands of the worst elements that don't want to meet a border agent. Believe me, not that the ones that we that, that do are all great. Those are just the ones that don't officially yet have a documented criminal record. Doesn't mean they're not going to come in and molest children, which a lot of them do. Those guys are coming in. Okay, I, I just want to quantify for you a sense of the degree of criminality that this causes in our country. 
fiscal year 2018. That's when the Trump administration was still deporting. Now, now we don't deport anyone. Deporting people. This is just one year's haul of people that ICE went around and caught. Together, they had a total of 542,000 criminal convictions and arrests. Some more convictions, some more arrests. They included 2,028 homicide offenses. Over 2,000 homicide offenses. 5562 robberies, 11,700 weapons offenses, 50,700 assault charges, 76,000 dangerous drug charges, 80,000 DUIs, and over 12,000 sexual assaults. Okay? Remember, this data doesn't include the criminal charge categories that had fewer than 1,000. Only 29% of those were unconvicted charges, which likely means that the main focus of ICE removal understandably so, was on convictions because they focus on the prisons and jails, which means that they are likely many more arrested for crimes but are not apprehended by ICE. Also remember, ICE has between five and 6,000 deportation officers. That's a fraction of the size of the NYPD. So they could, they, they, this is just scraping the surface, and the largest number of illegals live where? In sanctuary cities. So... Even under Trump, a lot of them were escaping ICE. As of the most recent ICE report, there were 3.26 million aliens under ICE's undetained docket. It means these are individuals that were bad enough to have been targeted by ICE for removal, which most likely means that overwhelming amount of them have criminal records, and they remain on the streets indefinitely. As of 2018, there were more than 1 million illegal aliens who had already received final deportation orders, with another 1.5 million having already received deportation orders, but were in the process of appealing it, and they remained in the country. Okay? This is just one year's worth. And this happens every year. Now, you can't go by the stats anymore. First of all, they didn't even put out an ICE report for the first year. They just covered it up. They... First year ever, they just didn't publish an enforcement report because they don't want people to see how little enforcement they did. Nobody has ever endeavored to fully quantify the magnitude of the crime, chaos, fiscal costs, drugs, and gangs in our cities as a result of the border. But let me give you one data point. In fiscal year 2019, ICE's New York Bureau field office gave the following statistics. They lodged 7,526 detainers for foreign criminals who racked up 17,873 criminal convictions and 6,500 criminal criminal charges. They included 200 homicides, over 500 robberies, over 1,000 sexual offenses, over 1,000 weapons offenses, over 3,500 assaults, and over 1,500 DUIs. Remember, in that field office area, there are only about 300, 350 homicides committed a year. Now, I'm not saying it's a numerator denominator, it's 200 out of 300, because some of them had criminal charges from, murder charges from previous years, but every year they seem to get the same amount. It reoccurs every year. Now, look, we have plenty of crime without illegals, but the amount of crime that is being committed is shocking. And remember, all these numbers, when I talk about 2018, Since then, just on the apprehension level, 
we have 3.7 million apprehensions since fiscal year 2018. God knows how many gotaways. You know, typically it's, if we have 2 million apprehensions, we're probably going to have a million gotaways. And those are the worst people. My buddy Todd Benzman reported a couple weeks ago, live from the Mexico-Guatemala border, he goes down there a lot, that the UN agencies were handing out cash assistance to encourage these migrants to invade our border. And that invasion is what's facilitating an unconscionable amount of crime, drugs, sex trafficking, and gang and cartel activity at our border, but also in every major American city. Ranchers on their own soil live in fear. It's hard to conjure up a greater, more comprehensive, systemic threat to our sovereignty, security, culture, and human rights than the policies facilitating the border invasion. And yet nothing. It, it, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Nothing matters but what the media tells you to focus on. This is... um. I was speaking to a buddy of mine who's in the Border Patrol. He was telling me about this. Um, it's from the Washington Examiner. Border Patrol agents warned of assassination attempts by Mexican cartels. Um, in the Rio Grande Valley, they're basically warning them near Fronton, Texas. It's a tiny town um, near Roma, right near Roma, Texas. Um, information stated that the cartel groups were discussing killing U.S. law enforcement personnel along the border near Fronton. Between Miguel Aliman and Los Guerrero, uh, and so it's an alert that was put out. The second CBP official confirmed the legitimacy of the document and said that Fronton area is a high traffic area of drug smuggling, as it is just across the Rio Grande from Miguel Aliman, one of the more dangerous cities in Tamaulipas. Um, and I can tell you that there has there have been three gun battles recently between border agents and um and the Gulf cartel uh cuz that's the area where Gulf is fighting CDN cartel cartel del norte that's the old spin off of the zetas and they're all fighting for supremacy there and this is right on our border all of their activity goes into the ranchers. They are engaging in espionage of our people and our uh, law enforcement on our side of the border. We have, we have the Texas National Guard down there where Greg Abbott has given aimless orders. There's no objective. I'm told they don't even have the ballistic plates, a lot of them. They don't even have the you know proper gear and materials it's pathetic and yet the texas military forces under abbott there was an entire hour re-education i'm not kidding you i have the full audio of it i haven't gone through it yet texas scorecard reported on this that's the other website that reports on some of these border issues but i got it from a border agent that had to go through this um you know but this was the texas national guard had to sit through this Okay, so this is not federal. This is the Texas military department is still pushing an expired dangerous bioweapon on people that all had the virus anyway. 
and I'm supposed to worry about Ukraine? Are you kidding me? If you want someone to do that, I mean, there's plenty of shows that will talk about that. And again, we'll talk about what's important. You know, one lesson I learned from Ukraine is I think what we see is regardless of what happens, whether Russia does get stopped or they succeed in conquering them, even if even if it's the latter, they're going to have a hell of a time in the long run holding and controlling the non-Russian areas. Because the lesson you could learn from everything is what we fail to learn about ourselves. That if the local people and the local officials are in sync culturally with their resolve and strategy and agenda, it's very hard for an outsider to come in and force his will on them. That's what we learned in Afghanistan and elsewhere in the Middle East. And Russia will likely face that, assuming this is not kabuki theater, which who knows what's going on. But the lesson we should learn is if the overwhelming majority of people believe in our values in a state like Texas or some parts of Texas, these places, how is it that we still have the same policies in place? It tells you that if we had a bunch of states, if we had elected officials that reflected those values, there's nothing the feds could do. We could say, screw it, we're not doing that. We're deporting our own illegals. We're getting rid of biomedical fascism. We're um, banning the Pfizer shot, all the shots. We're going to have medical freedom. We're going to produce our own energy. There's nothing they can do. And yet instead, I have an article out today, you should see it. Every single Department of Health, except for Florida, Alabama, Idaho, Arizona, they're still to this day pushing masks. They have it on their banners on Twitter, even after CDC got rid of it. They're pushing shots even on five-year-olds. They're pushing shots in Arizona. They say even if you already had the virus, these are red state departments of health. And the reason why, Daniel, how does this happen in red states? Come full circle to Ukraine, that's why. Because our people and their brains get polluted by the conservative media, which gets polluted by the mainstream media they claim to be fighting, but they'll only focus on their issues. They'll have their take on it, but it's whatever the media says to focus on, they say how high. If tomorrow the media says it's something else, they'll focus on that. But the amount of things going on in this country... Again, the Swedish study on reverse transcription of DNA is insane. CDC is not even getting rid of the mandates. The military mandate still in place. The healthcare worker still in place. Masking on the planes still in place. People being denied treatment still in place. Shoving dangerous drugs on us. Paxlovid, it turns out, doesn't work. And more and more we have studies. There's another study on famotidine pepsid, how well it works. It was a high dose. It was 80 milligrams, but, you know, it's a safe drug. Why weren't we doing this? And we're supposed to just get juiced up about what's going on here without any circumspection? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There's another story out. This is from DJT Tracker. At-home rapid COVID-19 tests contain a toxic chemical that can be really harmful and even life-threatening when exposed to a large amount of chemicals. Ohio and Texas issued a warning after seeing an increase in reports related to sodium azide poisoning 
a chemical found in test kits after Biden promised to give 500 million COVID tests to Americans. Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center released a statement regarding an increase in accidental exposures to a substance in these kits. And they have a they have a they have a tweet on it. We started getting our first exposure to these test kits around early November, said Sheila uh, Gortmuller, pharmacist and clinical toxicologist for the center. It was really all ages. Um, yeah, and you could you could read more about that story. It's all over the place if you want to find it. What are they trying to do to us? And then you have the Keller story, Suzanne Rowan Keller from Forbes. A national vaccine pass has quietly rolled out and red states are getting on board. While the U.S. government has not issued a federal digital vaccine pass, a national standard has nevertheless emerged. To date, 21 states have accessibility to the smart health card, a verifiable digital proof of vaccination developed through the Vaccination Credible Initiative, a global coalition of public and private stakeholders, including Microsoft, Salesforce, Oracle, and the Mayo Clinic. And very soon, at least four more states will be rolling out access to smart health cards. And according to her, Oregon, Oklahoma, South Carolina, and West Virginia are looking into it, and North Dakota, Arizona, Utah, Louisiana, and Mississippi already have it. I'm just naming red states. Yep. I'm supposed to walk away from that. Oh, and Minnesota. Minnesota health system denying kidney transplant to unvaccinated woman. I mean, I'm just kind of reading off, rattling off, random stories just to give you a sense of what is out there what we're not focusing on it's heartbreaking dead bodies piling up this is from the new york times on gurneys and hospital hallways in hong kong hong kong barely had any deaths and now after they're all triple vaxxed and you have the mildest uh variant they're all dying yeah because the stupid shots make it as if you have hiv it wipes your immune system that's why they don't want to talk about it anymore so you know what? I am going to talk about it. Let's go on to our guest here. So folks, as I mentioned at the top of the hour today, we're going to have a very special guest on, someone we've talked about a tremendous amount last year. In fact, it was our person of the year, Dr. Eric Henson. And the reason we're having him on a day like today would seem like, well, you know, COVID is kind of dwindling this was one of the doctors we had on and we discussed a lot uh, about his treatments for COVID. Well, you know, aren't we kind of past that stage? But the reason why it is so important to talk to him on a day like today is because we're all talking about humanitarian crises, human rights violations. And when I think of a humanitarian crisis, you know, kind of like a third world and chaos and people uh, sleeping in, in bomb shelters. I think of Dr. Eric Henson, and the, the reason I do is because here we're in the good old U.S. of A., and we couldn't get antivirals, anti-inflammatories, anticoagulants. We couldn't get treatments, and in fact, we had a war on treatment. You know, just over the weekend, Dr. Molly James told me, a story of a patient of hers who was in the hospital. And, you know, they weren't doing anything, the typical genocidal protocol. So the wife was slipping the husband ivermectin. He was noticeably getting better. And they were suspicious. They were like, what the heck? Who is he to get better? 
I bet you're slipping stuff in. So they actually denied her entry unless she had someone on staff with her to make sure she wasn't giving him anything. In addition, earlier on with that same patient, the patient's daughter informed the person not to take remdesivir. Somehow they heard about that, and they took away his phone. This is a human rights violation. This is genocide. This is taking place in every hospital in every state. Okay, everywhere Florida is starting to turn the corner on that, starting to at least solicit doctors to refer uh, hospital administrators to the Department of Health if they're violating their uh, ability and their right to treat patients. But the bottom line here today is that we have governors like Greg Abbott, Chris Sununu in New Hampshire, whatever that jerk's name in Utah is, and uh, Mike DeWino in Ohio all of them saying, we're going to ban all sales of vodka in the, the restaurants. They're freaking governors. And, and Ukraine's their thing. What are you going to do about Ukraine as a governor? But yet, you have the governor. Let's talk about Texas. Okay, Dr. Henson is in Texas. That state is being overrun, as we talked about today, with the cartels, the border crisis, our own jurisdictional sovereignty problems, then the bodily sovereignty problems. We still have people. In the military, being forced to get a shot. In healthcare, being forced to get a shot that absolutely, according to all opinions, is outdated and doesn't work. So right now, they want to run away from COVID. Let's talk about Ukraine. No, I don't want to talk about Ukraine. I want to talk about the thing that is harming millions of people. Short COVID, long COVID, and vaccine injury. Right now, we have a situation where we can't even get treatment or diagnosis for people. But there is one person that is doing that. Several people are onto this. But one of our favorites is Dr. Eric Henson. He's an ear, nose, throat doctor in Palestine, Texas. A Lone Star ENT is his uh, practice. He's obviously treated hundreds of you guys in the audience. Um, and I know a lot of you have a tremendous amount of gratitude for him. We are still promoting... And after today, you're going to see why. TexasCovidDoctor.com, that is the Give, Send, Go uh, crowdsourcing page for Dr. Henson's COVID clinic. Well, COVID is kind of on its way down. Why would we need to crowdsource? Well, Dr. Henson is here himself to explain why. Doctor, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me again. Well, I've been meaning to have you on for a long time. We, we talk about you all the time, and I know people appreciate you. Tell the audience um, why it's still so important uh, for doctors to be aware of different ailments associated both with COVID and the COVID vaccines, if you well, COVID injections. I don't want to call them vaccines. Can you just give an exam, an overview over the last few weeks? What are you dealing with in your practice? Well, we're still in our practice. We're still seeing um, numerous people coming in with the with the actual virus, and we'll st we're still treating this with OTA pro um, early protocol and getting you know still very very good results. We've treated hundreds and hundreds of patients, and to date, no one has actually got to the hospital that we did get to um, with early protocol. So that's that's been very good, and we've instituted quite a bit of um, other things along with it, with which include not only. You know, the ivermectin, the hydroxy, and all the vitamins, but now we're doing IV um, 
ozone that we ozonate, say, um, ozonates, uh, normal saline, and we're also doing high-dose vitamin C. So we're treating those patients early on and essentially kind of getting them out from the acute infection. What we're seeing now is the long um, COVID patients that have not been treated and kind of meandered through it on their own or what their, their doctor you know, sent them home with. Uh, and then now we're also starting to see a lot of the uh, of the um, the uh, experimental um, shot um, injuries that we're dealing with now. That people are coming in and having all kinds of symptoms. Um, I'm seeing early onset of cancers, uh, which is odd. I've had. Uh, can, had a lady can you, have can a heart you stop attack. right there before you get to heart? I want to go through one by one what you're dealing with. I want to take this very slowly. But you you mm-hmm. you took you took on the big one right away, cancer. Could you explain mm-hmm. to the audience how, as a doctor, you know you you see cancer all the time, and you you in particular, um, you do your head neck uh, surgeon, your board sort of certified. Um, and you deal with a lot of cancer. How do you tell that cancer is unusual? Well, I had, in particular, I had uh, a gentleman who was approximately 36, year, uh, 36 years old. He had no other predisposing um, illnesses. He had no um, uh, social habits such as drinking, smoking, that would have led me to think that he would have developed a particular type of cancer that I see in the head and neck, which is squamous cell. He came in with a very large uh, lesion on his tongue that necessitated a good portion of his tongue to be removed. But what was disconcerting is that the tumor had already had what we call perineural invasion. It had already gotten into the nerve, which is very unusual for something that supposedly, according to the patient, had just been present for a few weeks to maybe a month and a half. That's the kind of things that we're seeing early on in very young patients, which is very concerning since we're pretty early in the game on some of these individuals who have undergone the experimental um, you know, shot. And, you know, that that's something that should worry not only not only physicians, but everybody involved in this. Wow. Um, we did not talk about that yesterday when, when we, we spoke over the phone. I didn't even know you were going to say that because I had just spoken to some military doctors, and that's literally what they say. There's a progression of it that makes no sense. It's like you know the you, you have something that, that indicates the, the earth is much older than it is coming up within a day. Like, whoa, wait, what? Where did that come from? I don't see the carbon dating on that. Like, hey, how did, how did it get to there if you just had symptoms within a few weeks? I'm hearing that from everywhere. Okay, so the cancers, what else are you seeing? Well, um, I had a young lady that uh, came to my office needing a resection of a um, uh, tumor, uh, a skin cancer on her scalp. And just prior to starting to do the resection, she complained of chest pain. And turns out that she had had a shot uh, approximately three weeks prior to uh, this procedure, and she became diaphoretic, which is sweating. She had chest pain. She had left arm pain. We immediately got her up, got her to the hospital, and she was in full cardiac arrest. She had a massive blood clot, which, thank God, they were able to treat on the spot, and she uh, recovered without any sequelae. 
Is so is that heart inflammation or it's the blood clot causing that? The blood clot. Yeah, she had she had what everybody I'm sure has heard once or twice is that you know she had abnormal clotting and now she has. Uh, then she had, um, you know, heart attack. It actually, um, you know, uh, obstructed one of her uh, cardiac vessels. And in particular, it's what they refer to as the widow maker. So um, she was very fortunate in the, in the sense that she actually had her heart attack in a facility where there were people around that could immediately treat it. Um, mm-hmm. The gentleman that runs the um, YMC where, YMCA where, where I work out um, in his mid thirties had had surgery done by myself, had a full workup and he was cardiac cleared by his uh, primary care physician within a couple of months. He's already had two heart attacks and he's in his mid mid thirties. And of course he has been, he, he has been quote unquote, I don't like the word either, but he has been uh, quote unquote vaccinated. So he did very well. Again, very lucky because he had it in front. He had these particular episodes with people all around that could call uh, the appropriate 911 and get him the help that he needed right away. Um, I've got individuals that I'm dealing with right now that um, I took the shot within two weeks. Uh, this this particular individual has um, um, uh, hives and pruritus, which is itching for the past eight nine months, and it won't it hasn't gone away been constant. Another young lady who took the shot has had chronic diarrhea two weeks after she had the shot. This is the kind of things that we're seeing with what it's doing to the, you know, the immune system. Um, and we're seeing it, blood clots, cardiomyopathies, uh, cancers. It just goes on and on and on. Are you seeing autoimmune problems? Yes. Yeah. And that would be, that's how I would look at something like somebody who has chronic um, urticaria, which is hives and pruritus. Um, that's the kind of where the body's attacking itself. Um, I, I see that quite a bit. Um, I've had a gentleman that came in who had, uh, we think we're suspecting Guillain-Barre, which is again, one of the, one of the things that we're seeing with where the body's attacking itself. And, and you're telling me that based on your experience as a physician in your area, this is jarring. It's it's unmistakable. You know, you can't. It's very. It's, yes, very. Uh, because it's someone like me. Doctor. Thank God, I'm healthy. My family's healthy. So you know, to me, anything like this sounds scary. But you know, doctors. That's what they're there for. They deal with this all the time. But you're saying this all sticks out. Yes, this is things that in my you know in my career, and I've been out for about 23 years from my training. Um, that is just abnormally high for something I'm seeing, or I'm seeing it in younger and younger uh, individuals. And that is very concerning. I talked to Dr. Ryan Cole, who you know, and we had discussed, you know, when are we going to start seeing more of these injuries? And we both kind of came to the, uh, to the dates of about 18 to 60 months is when, and we're right we're now at the 12-month period, and we're starting to see some increase in the uh, in some of these uh, problems. And I'm afraid we may see more and more of this. I mean, the government has so mishandled this, um, and in particular in, in, in the state I'm in, um, they were more worried about putting a mask on somebody rather than doing what needs to be done. Yeah, so so in other words, so so our audience is aware of, we spoke about this last time, Rather than you uh, having some sort of event with the governor 
um, where he showcases your work, does a roundtable with you. Hey, Dr. Henson, we're pulling our hair out. People are dying. We don't have good treatments. To this day, we don't have good treatments. Um, what is it you're doing? Why are people flocking to you? No, instead, uh, the medical board, which should be under him, uh, cited you for not wearing a mask uh, that now yes. conclusively has been proven conclusively does absolutely does not work. Um, there is nobody who would say otherwise. It is uh, complete middle age thinking. Um, but what does work is early treatment, and you are in the doghouse. You have a blight on your record, and of course, um, he cannot be bothered to deal with that. Um, he's worried about the vodka in Ukraine, even though he's not even a senator. He's a governor. His job is the citizens of Texas, the health of Texas. Um, what you're talking about is a bunch of young people for a generation that are now messed up. This is a massive humanitarian crisis. Um, these same idiots want to use our military for everyone except for our own border. But the problem is they don't realize the military is seriously messed up. I know a lot of things I can't even talk about with that's going on with our military. Um, I want to move over a little bit to what you're doing, um, what sort of innovation. So you have people come in with cardio inflammation, a lot of neurological inflammation. What are some of the things you hope to do and what are some of the resources that people could help if they go to texascoviddoctor.com to help grow your clinic, which again, to be clear, you're an ENT head neck surgeon. You're not a COVID doctor, but because no one's doing this, you've, you've uh, taken up the, the mantle. Sure. And and first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to everybody in Texas who is treating this and who are doing um, early treatment. There's quite a few of us and quite a few of these physicians are what you had mentioned, the Texas Medical Board, which is exceedingly predatory and the governor who turned them loose with the mask um, yeah, problem, but all the other things, because I've been turned in several times for using ivermectin and hydroxy and you know we're fighting that. So I wanted to make sure all the other physicians that are treating this um, are also getting kudos for what they're doing. Um, what we're doing in the clinic and what we're using the money for is to be able to hire additional um, healthcare workers to help us. Since you're right, I'm not an internal medicine doctor. I would like to bring in some other physicians. I would like to bring in uh, respiratory therapists. I would like to bring in nurses. I would also like to uh, purchase equipment or in the process of expanding our uh, IV therapy uh, to include other things besides high-dose vitamin C, vitamin B, B, uh, B complex, zinc, magnesium. We're also doing, again, the ozone. We're introducing um, amino acids. I'm also uh, going to be introducing uh, two atmosphere uh, hyperbaric ch uh, chamber, which is a hard shell chamber rather than the soft. These are things that I can help not only the acute patients, but even the long-term uh, coronavirus um, uh, patients, but also the vaccine injury patients. Um, and these are things that we're going to keep introducing into the practice, you know, you know, if we can swing it financially. And this will just help the people down the road as, as we get more and more into this and we see more and more injuries due to this experimental gene therapy shot. Could, could you speak a little bit um, just about the science behind hyperbaric oxygen, um, you know, b b b both for COVID and uh, vaccine injury? 
you know, obviously we have the nasal cannula, and then eventually they go on to BiPAP, and then eventually a ventilator. And, you know, we haven't seemed to have much success. What is it about hyperbaric oxygen that would quell the pulmonary inflammation or other, you know, neurological inflammation? How does that speak to what's going on pathophysiologically? Well, I'll keep this uh, real, uh, real, um, you know, superficial, real high level. Basically, you know, hyperbaric oxygen, um, infusing oxygen into tissues because we use it for, you know, we use it for all kinds of stuff, traumatic brain, brain injury. Uh, we use it for osteomyelitis infections, things like that. So it's great at reducing uh, inflammation. Uh, basically, what you've got is an oxidative stress, and by introducing, you know, the oxygen, you can you can help with that all the way around. So you. Re- you're reducing the oxygen, excuse me, the inflammatory by introducing all this oxygen. And rather than doing it passively where one breathes in or not, what we're doing is we're increasing the pressure so we can literally push oxygen into tissue. Uh, And that's why um, uh, individuals like uh, Dr. Molly James is using her hyperbaric chamber in the same way. Individuals that are having trouble breathing, even using uh, O2 via nasal cannula, she puts them into a chamber and you literally force oxygen into all the cells where it needs to do, uh, needs to go. And then you decrease the inflammation. So tissue that isn't otherwise being perfused, you are now forcing that oxygen into the tissue and the patients do remarkably better. And this is helping for some of the long-term uh, coronavirus patients uh, who were sick. And then also for the individuals that were harmed from the experimental gene therapy shot. So what about things like neurological inflammation? A lot of people are coming to me, sending me emails. They have long-term migraines, long-term vertigo, uh, tinnitus as well. And that gets a little bit into your specialty is yes. the, the ringing in the ears and the, the, yep. the, the I mean, so, so does that, is that a candidate for treatment for, for the neurological stuff? It absolutely is. In fact, I'm, I'm in discussions right now with a physician out of Florida. Um, we're actually going to kind of uh, start um, uh, treating these patients who have new onset tinnitus, which you know people you know will know as ringing or humming or chirping in the ears, um, and see how we do with this treatment because it's a great treatment for people who have again uh, traumatic brain injuries where you can you can get the oxygen where it needs to be. So yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, we're, we can treat all of that, and that's what we're hoping to do for these long term uh, or for these uh, injured patients long term. Yeah, and I want to remind everyone, the Israeli Health Ministry, the survey uh, found 4.5% claimed to have some sort of nervous system problems as a result of the boosters. That's not a number of people, that's number of shots, just one booster. So in America, we've had 551 million shots. 4.5% gets you to something like 27 million worth. That is a tremendous amount of people that coincides with the DMED data that uh, the whistleblowers, uh, the flight surgeons and militaries found a 10, 11-fold increase in nervous system diagnoses in 2021. Um, this is a huge, huge crisis. Um, you know, there's people dying, but there's also, and that's, you know, a lot of the cardio, blood clotting, cancers, but then the nervous stuff, there's people that can't look at light. Um, there was even in Science Mag, they had a study, they had an article on this uh, and mm-hmm. said it's a very sensitive topic to talk about, you know, um, but people need help. And it is disgusting 
that that there's no there's no bombs there's no cool like ukrainian memes like he said on the island there was surrounded i'll kill you russians and you know there's no there's no cool imagery behind it but it's happening and just because the media doesn't talk about it um doesn't mean there aren't millions of people that are in this predicament um so you're doing that service we badly need you guys to donate texas covid doctor.com dr henson just before we go are you seeing a turn in the tide are you able to speak more freely with other doctors in texas are you finding more people say like yeah you know something ain't right here in the population what i have seen in, in the hospital that i work out mainly is i've had two of their internists who work in the icu have come to me and said we are not helping patients but we know what you're doing can you show us your protocol and I tell them it's not my protocol. It's one of the, you know, all the docs that are on the front lines that are doing this. And I've given them what I'm doing. And they're, uh, God bless them, they're actually telling family members to go out, fill the prescription for ivermectin, bring it in, and give it to your loved ones. So we're seeing <laughs> that. Um, and so I know that the physicians are starting to turn. There are some that just refuse to do it, some that are even do, keep doing the same thing. I see a ton of patients in my office that their physicians will not see them because either they have not received the shot or they refuse to wear a mask, and so they won't let them in. So I let everybody in my office, nobody has to wear a mask. We know that obviously they cause issues, especially for kids. Kids' organs are growing, their brains are growing. The last thing we need to do is reduce oxygen, which of course, you know, again, can lead to cancer and all that. And And again, it's so ironic that I'm the one, I'm the only physician in Texas, to my knowledge, that got it, it got um, cited for not wearing a mask. But, uh, you know, I'm a, a head and neck surgeon, I'm an airway doctor, and I knew better. But unfortunately, the Texas Medical Board, um, in a meeting that we had, when I showed them all my literature, all they said to me is, we do not care about your patients. What we care about is, is that there was a rule and you didn't follow it. There was a rule. And, there was and, a rule. Yes, and where did that rule, rule come was, from? A GOP governor... From, who is now yes. up for re-election. Tomorrow night is it. That is the big day. That is much more important than anything you're hearing about. Um, the state of Texas, doctors were punished for treating, uh, harassed by the medical board, harassed for not wearing a mask. Shelly Luther was thrown into jail for leaving her business open. Uh, that was Greg Abbott's doing. No one ever wants to talk about that. Um, and it's it's truly disgusting. Um, it's harming it, patients. Yeah. It's it, harming patients all the way around. It, and, and again, it's not that I, I could find you anything going on in the world to get excited about. It's not that there's nothing to say. It's not that there's no good people and no bad people in anything. It's just why is it that these very people that are dispassionate or downright on the wrong side of the issue domestically that affects so many people – Boy, does, does their testosterone levels grow when it comes to Ukraine, when it comes to virtue signaling about it, any, anything foreign, anything foreign. And I just I can't relate to it. I don't understand the disproportionate gap in passion. But I really I mean, God bless you for keeping doing what you're doing. Um, this is a humanitarian crisis. You treated it charitably. Folks, TexasCovidDoctor.com It's going to go for more staff. Um, so he could have kind of an auxiliary office to deal with um, COVID injury, spike protein injury, and uh, hyperbaric oxygen chambers. This is really what we need. Please keep us updated, and thank you for what you're doing. 
Thank you, Daniel. Take care. God bless. So there you have it. That was Dr. Eric Henson, one of the greatest heroes alive, people that you'll never hear about, treating so many people. Um, I, I wanted you to hear that interview, particularly today. I've been meaning to have him on for a while, just to demonstrate the point I'm trying to make. I could focus your attention on everything and anything under the sun at every corner of the world. And I can make you feel like a dirtbag if you don't beat your heart out over one particular thing. But the point is that we've made this mistake before, indulging our consciousness in one thing and getting distracted, if not getting sucked into the wrong things. And remember, there's this false sense of humility in politics that you're never allowed to care about your own people. You could only outrage monger over other people because you look more virtuous. But here's the thing. It's not like charity where you know you want to show humility, you care about the other guy, not yourself. When you're an elected official or if you're, let's say, in my position where I have somewhat of a platform and I'm connected to some people, my job is to use that platform to represent Americans, to represent the forgotten man that doesn't have a voice of which there's zero outrage in the media. There's zero focus for that person. I can't do anything about Ukraine. Moreover, I will have the humility to stand before you and say, I don't know what's going on. I know certain things I know. I have connections I have, and I, ha- and I don't have those that I don't have. Somehow these people are just experts on everything. They have it all figured out. There's a lot that doesn't make sense, and we need to get to the bottom of it. There's obvious things we should be doing right away anyway, like getting our own energy independence, which, of course, these governors aren't doing, as I, as I have advised. So I'm going to continue focusing on that. I'm not going to allow all the stories coming out about the shot injury, the efficacy to go unnoticed, treatment ideas that people still need to go unnoticed. We're going to focus a lot more on the border, um, the cartels, What's going on there? We're going to focus on primaries. We're going to focus on what we can do in our sphere of influence. A strong America is the best way to deter all forms of evil. But we have that evil in our own home. And until we root it out, everything else is a distraction at best. All right, folks, we are way over over time here. But until tomorrow, I want you guys again to send this to 50 of your friends and relatives. Um, Start thinking about what I told you. Don't allow your passion to carry you away. We'll do it all again tomorrow, same time, same place. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening. (laughs) 